Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Reb T, the Pirkei Avos learning. This year where we talk a Mishnah of Pirkei Avos per day with sagely commentary and practical advice to say. We're looking at the end of chapter 5. Hope everyone had a nice weekend, a nice Shavuos. We're back to finish off chapter 5 today and tomorrow, God willing. Then we'll switch over to chapter 6. Again, in chapter 6, there's no official commentary from Rabbeinu Yonah, just the translation in the current book of the English of Rabbeinu Yonah. But we're looking at 522, and after we finish up chapter 6, God willing, we'll take our summer hiatus, and Emir Tshembli, Nader Blanhar, will be back for another season with a different commentator of Perkei So let's look at Ben Bagbag today, 522. Hey, Bet. Ben Bagbag Omer, Ben Bagbag says, Hafochba v'hafochba de Kuloba. Turn it over and turn it over, of course, referring to the Torah and delving in the Torah, looking into the Torah going through different aspects of the Torah. Everything is in the Torah. It's interesting to note that I don't remember where I saw it, but when somebody would go out to war in the olden days, they would look into Parshat of Vayishlach, I believe, where Yaakov sends Malachim, angels, and presents to his brother Esau. We know that Esau hates Yaakov, Esau sonet Yaakov, Esau, of course, being Rome, and their descendants. But way back in the day, Esau, the brother, the twin of Yaakov, actually, he does not like Yaakov. Yaakov had to come meet him on the way back home to, to come visit his father. He had a three-prong attack, a three-prong approach, basically a fork of three different methods. And when somebody would go to war, they would look in Vayishlach and think what they should do. What did Yaakov do? He did three things. Number one, he set up his camp militarily, thought of a strategy. One camp over here, one camp over there. Therefore, if Esau strikes one, the other one can run away or come from behind, like Yoshua and all the other people did throughout history, Jewish history of different battles and the like. Number two, he sent presents to Esau. He sent appeasements, trying to appease the enemy, trying to calm down the enemy. Number three, he daven to Hashem. So Jewish leaders, Jewish warriors in the past, maybe even David Amalch, I'm not sure who, they would do a, they would look into Vayishlach and try the three-prong attack, a daven, militarily prepare, and try to appease the enemy as best you can. It's interesting to note that even the great Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan, when, when the Torah was was almost lost, God forbid, the end of the era, the end of the, the temple period when, when Rabbi Yochanan wanted to salvage what he could, what did he do? He went and he pretended to die, he pretended to be dead, he had his students carry him out because there was a siege around the city, around uh, around the, the Yerushalayim. Of course, we know one, one bit to make sure was destroyed by the Babylonians, another one was destroyed by the Romans. So he goes to the Roman general at the time and uh, he pretends to be alive you know he pretends to be dead he goes out and then he comes out of the casket and anyone who would see this would think oh my gosh this is a crazy thing a crazy miracle but he says to the general general emperor and the general gets so mad and i'm paraphrasing of course this is brought up in the gemara the emperor the general gets so mad he says i should kill you for two reasons number one you called me emperor and number two you have the audacity to think that i have any ability to carry out your wishes or whatever the gemara says but basically he was really mad that rav yochanan would address him as such when he's not at that exact moment a messenger came to tell the general the emperor died and the general is now the emperor the em- the general emperor was so impressed by rav yochanan he said you have three things you could 
request. You could request whatever you want. So Rabbi Yochanan requests three things. Again, three. Interesting. And Rabbi, and Rabbi Yochanan decides, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh decides to save Jewry by, by finding a little sailboat, finding a little raft to carry on the Torah. He decides to save Yavna, to save the family of the Nasi, who descended from uh, Davra Melach, and he decides to save the Rabbi Tzadok, who was a, a, very, a very wise, very devout sage who had been fasting for a very long time, was very sick. Interesting also to look into the Gemara, to look into the Talmud. Everything is there, everything to go about, especially when you're seeing how to salvage things, how to save things, how to fight the enemy. They knew that Rome was going to conquer. They knew Rome was going to rule for a long time. You're not going to be able to take down Rome. You could have the Bar Kokhba revolt. You could have the Jewish rebellion for years, but it's not going to stand. What can you do instead? Rabbi Yochanan had the foresight to say, no, we need to have a sailboat. We need to have a little raft, a lifeboat to save the Torah when dealing with those around us. So some warriors will look into Vayishlach to figure out what to do. Rabbi Yochanan will look to the future, think about a sailboat, what to do. Always look into the Torah itself. Everything is in the Torah itself. You don't have to look anywhere else. The Torah knew about Gematris, the Torah knew about you know, pregnancy and childbirth before anyone else, the whole idea of, of the Sechas Nidam. The Torah knew about sciences, about the calculations of the days and the leap years. Even the, 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 the court of, of Hillel II, I believe, figured out the Jewish calendar that we still use today because they foresaw that there was going to be difficulties in the future of calculating things. They also knew that Mishnah had to be written down. Rabbi Huda Nasi knew that it wasn't going to be remembered properly. Ravina Ravashi knew that the Talmud had to be redacted, to be written down based on the Mishnah. Writing down different things, seeing different things, understanding that everything is in the Torah. Make sure you grab it. Make sure you look deeply into it. Make sure you grow old with it. Literally keeping it in your hands throughout the years. And we know Lo Sazuam, spend time over it. Sha'in Lacha and do not stir from it. Sha'in Lacha Midatovahimana because there's no greater portion than when it with it. Sometimes you see people with very worn Gemaras, very worn Sidur and very worn Talis and very worn worn and worn out fill in and people say why don't you get new ones why don't you get bigger ones why don't you get greater ones and 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 newer ones and ones that look even more pretty and people say no it was growing i want to grow old with it i want it to be used i want it to be weird that's why you know i've had it from the olden days people that that kept things from world war ii and the holocaust they dafka want to use that sitter they dafka want to use that talus that's fill in because it has significance it has meaning it has time with it you know, even though I myself, when I got married, got a new talus, I made sure that we transferred the atara from my dad to use it on my talus because that's something that's sentimental, that's something that has value to keep it with us. My tefillin since some bar mitzvah, even though it's a, it's a big size because I use it from my dad also. Sentimental, we want things to come with us. We want things to grow old with us. We want to grow old with the Torah. It should be that we grow with the Torah. The sitter I've been using for years, I keep it with me because it's the one that I've been using for years. We want to grow old with the Torah. Spend time with it. Do not from it. There's nothing greater than that. Rabbi Yonah points out, grow old with it, spend time over it. Siv, grow old, comes from the word seva, meaning old age. Grow old with Torah and engage in it all the days of your life. Veles, spend time, is related to the word yevalu. They should spend time, as in the verse, they should spend yevalu, their days in good. Do not stir from it because there is no greater portion. We should realize, we should remember, we should understand there is no greater portion than the Torah. You don't have to go look into the academics. You don't have to look into the sciences, into anything else. 
because everything comes from the Torah. Everything is in the Torah. You could figure out the Jewish lifeline of the lineage of the Torah. If you look into Perkyovus, you look into the Talmud, you could figure out, oh, these were the Zugos, these were the pairs, and these were the leaders that took over, that took over. And you're able to find that. You want to learn about history, think about all the books. I just started recently the Jewish history series from Rabbi Beryl Wine, who's a fantastic historian. Fantastic. He starts after the Second Temple period, bringing it all the way. Fascinating, the history of all the people it goes through. There's also a wonderful book called Introduction to the Talmud from Art School also, where they go through the elements of what the Mishnah was, what, what Agatha is, what the Talmud is, who were all the different people throughout the Talmud. A wonderful book also. Different ways to delve in the Torah, just look into the Torah to see the history, to see the wonderfulness around it. Make sure to grab it, hold it, always look into the Torah. You need any advice, you need anything, you could definitely look into the Torah. Only look into the Torah to get the results, to get the answers that you need. Join us next time, God willing, as we finish chapter 5 in the official Rabbeinu Yonah commentary, talking about the exertion to the, re- to the reward here on the PAL with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.